God, those communists are amazing. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Turn Podcast. I'm Mikey Him. And tonight I'm here with Rick, he, him, from the Decolonized Buffalo Podcast, and Victor, he, him, from Red Falcon. And, uh, Red Fal- I mean, uh, Victor, sorry, do you have, uh, any, like, uh, social media or, like, uh, I guess, like, a platform you want to plug or anything? Because I know your server is pretty cool, but I don't know how many people you let into it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just letting, like, uh, I mean, true to its title, people I don't hate in. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. I, I do have, like, to, uh, a, I do have, like, a community theater where, I- I show movies and stuff, but uh, I, like if you want in that, I guess just DM me on Twitter and I'll send an invite. Like it's it's a rel- relatively chill place. We don't really discuss much except for the films that are being shown. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, um, I the other day you even said you forgot you had uh, an Instagram, which I thought was funny because that's like mostly how we keep in touch for the uh, the live show, but. Uh, yeah, so Rick had the idea to record this episode tonight. We're going to talk about the internet in general. Uh, it's actually kind of relevant. And some of the toxic behavior that we encounter online, and I'm sure that everybody's familiar with this. I think that everybody realizes, especially people who were alive and remember the time before the internet, uh, just the specific breed of behavior that the internet has brought about in all of humanity in a relatively short amount of time and really just intensified that. And it's very weird. But uh, Rick, you had a couple topics you wanted to discuss. It's going to be another informal one tonight. We're going to kind of hang out and shoot the shit about this stuff. But I think it's really interesting to talk about. And uh, yeah, I thought like one of the first things you put in here was just talk about our memories before the internet, especially organizing before the internet. And before we were recording, I was saying that like, I don't really remember, especially organizing. If I, if I organized at all, it would have been in a very like apolitical sense with like a, a church or a volunteer organization. Because I've only recently found like leftism and Marxism in particular in the last like three to four years. But um, yeah, I mean, you probably have more experience with that. But you want to talk about like what that used to be like before you had the whole Internet troll aspect to go along with that? Yeah, I mean, like we have to realize, I think that the Internet is it, it is still new in human society. And I saw I saw it was a video or an article. I'm not sure. It was a while back how. We still don't know the impacts of how the internet is affecting us now. But there is some addiction issues too. This is you know side topic regarding the internet. You know we don't know, we we are addicted. There's some people are addicted to social media. You know, yeah. and that <laughs> who would be? <laughs> so you know, but there's there's stuff like that. You know, people's um there's like a you know there's like ego. How do I say this? Like people's egos are on the internet, people's feelings, they, 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 a lot of their personal lives, a lot, a lot of investments are on the internet when it comes to invest, investing uh, like personal image, you know? And I think um, this is something that we have to realize, and this is outside the political realm, right? That we have to maintain our, you know, ourselves. Um, you know, then there's a whole conspiracy theory, which I, I have seen about Facebook and you know, in, the, in the face algorithms and tracking your face and all that stuff. And, you know, so it's really, I, I, I think that, you know, going back to our memories before the internet, you know, I, I've noticed, you know, people around my age, cause I grew up with computers all my life, but not with the internet. Right. So the internet came around when I was in my teens, I think my late teens. Um, and I remember like, but still I work with computers. So I remember like, um, the old school 
green screen Apple computers with like Oregon, Oregon Trail, you know, and uh, those little silly the games Apple when they use a flat. The what? The Apple II. Yeah, the Apple II. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember like uh, <laughs> it, it was it was like a, a floppy disks, you know, and all that stuff. But uh, it's it's wild to me because um, by by even people's behaviors like before the internet, and and I think you know after the internet, uh, really changed just in my lifetime, right? Um, back in the day, you used to go to somebody's house unannounced, right? And sometimes that was rude as fuck, but sometimes it wasn't, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck? You didn't call me, right? And then, yeah. and then uh, but now, like, if you go to somebody's house without texting them, that's like, to me, it's even more rude. <laughs> I don't even, but like even the, call people without texting them at this point. Like, yeah, like, yeah, that too. Like, uh, it's weird because when I, when I get a phone call, it's kind of like, uh, it's either something serious from somebody I know, or you know, I, I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? What can you text me? So even that behavior is kind of weird because I remember like the early stages, not even the internet, just the, the cell phone culture. We had to press like five buttons to reach whatever letter, you know. So it was yeah. like, don't text me, dude. Just fucking call me. But now it's don't, don't call me. Just fucking text me, right? Yeah. And it's just like everything's changed so fast. Um, but I think, you know, going back to the, the political side, organizing before the internet, I remember this specifically because I didn't get a smartphone until 2013-ish, mm-hmm. right? And that's like, you know, like 10 years ago, right? I remember there's smartphones. And the only reason why I got a smartphone was because I wanted to play Angry Birds. I saw everybody playing Angry Birds. I was like, I want to play Angry Birds too, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... um. But I remember, like, you know, you were, if you were organizing politically, um, uh, you know, you had to go in person. You, you obviously, you had emails, so you would do emails, you know, um, with a corny name, in the, you know, at, the, at your, your email. Um, oh, yeah, like at Hotmail or whatever, like. <laughs> yeah, at Yahoo. I still have Yahoo email sometimes. Um, and, you know, and... Uh, you know, the study groups in person, there was like protest in person, mutual aid in person. But, you you know, you build a relationship with these people that you're organizing with. And they know who you are. You go out to eat and then you talk about non-political stuff. And once in a while, political stuff gets mentioned, blah, blah, blah. Just like, I mean, if you get room for communists together, for some reason, we're going to talk about communist shit. Right. This is it's just natural. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but that's the thing. Um, but, you know, in organizing, if you have an issue with somebody or you talk it out, you know, there's always a middle person. There's always like some kind of con- conflict resolution. You know, there's always like, hey, dude, like, I don't like how you talk to me this way. Oh, OK, let me hear you out. But the Internet really changed that. Right. I think we're going to talk about that, like the, the tactics that the Internet has has changed organizing. And I really do feel like there are some pros. You know, especially during the time of COVID, people can get together or, you know, like even like scheduling, people can, can get together or learn about stuff. But at the same time, there's a lot of cons I think we need to address. I mean, I can think right off the bat. Another thing you have in, in here is just talking about toxic behaviors. And I think there are quite a few that the Internet, like I was saying to start off, has, if not created entirely, 
definitely intensified and brought out. And I think a main one is just the loss of attention span. I think everything moves so much quicker, whether it's the media cycle or literally just people's span of caring about an issue that would show up in the media, whether it's a current event, um, their understanding of historic events. It seems like it is the quickest route to just dumb down the population. And not only that, but pacify people in a certain way, because especially when you talk about organizing, I think like you're saying, it used to be very much in person. And now a lot of quote unquote organizing happens online. And you can make the case either way. You can either say that, yeah, the internet has now created the avenue for people to spread information very quickly and a lot of possibly even complicated information because you can, I could just send you a PDF or a text file of an entire book. Like, and it could be just the smallest file and I could send it to you very quickly. But whether or not you actually have the attention span to read it and sit down with it is another story. And I think that's kind of the culture that the internet has created is this kind of this one where people don't spend that much time to get into nuanced ideas, to read an entire book, uh, to check whether a source is authoritative or even like factual. And so people just kind of form these opinions based on half truths or even worse, misinformation. And it sort of creates this culture where some of the worst ideas take hold because they are catchy in a certain way that gets, that just grabs people. And maybe it's just because it reaffirms their worst biases to begin with that they already held and their prejudices. Um, but I feel like the internet is kind of solely responsible for things like QAnon and the far right drift in the country and just how fast that's able to take hold. And I wonder if people had had to organize in person this whole time, as opposed to creating awareness online, if that, if that same kind of thing would have played out or if they would have started going in a more communal direction and seeing what is best for people. If like people saw that, like, you know, their stereotypes about whatever it is, whatever group it is that they're scared of, wasn't true if they're seeing these people in person, as opposed to the curated version that is intentionally created for them by a lot of media conglomerates, by people who have the worst intentions and actually want to sow division. Uh, I just feel like it may not have played out the same way if we had done all the past, I don't know, 20 years in real life as opposed to online. But I don't know if either of you guys have any opinions about those things. Victor, you have something to say or no? Just just general statements to make about, you know, uh, toxic behaviors or, or perhaps not even toxic behaviors, but uh, the tendency to be aggressive, because this is something that I am very guilty of. Uh, if anybody who's paid attention to me, um, I'm, I'm very uh, aggressive online, I would say to specific groups, um, groups that are, that tend to be sort of anti Marxist and anti human. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is, these are things that we can all work on. You know, we're not speaking from the, from this place where we're above this, above these <laughs> vices and above these mistakes. Just some people are significantly more worse off than we are. I think that's that's something that I used to be how I used to be when I was um, a lot younger, you know, in my early 20s. We're back in the MySpace days and blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it was like I used to be like really aggressive online, like uh, and maybe the start of Facebook days. But then like, um, I don't know, man, like there's there's somebody said something to me that was like, uh, you can't convince everybody to to think the way you do. Right. 
So, and that's how I feel now. Like, even though there's people that are are non-communist or people that, even people that the topics that I talk about, about the Chicanismo or the Britannian stuff, like even people that claim to be native and they're clearly not, right? Like, I'm like, okay, go, go fuck off. Like, you're obviously not listening to me. You're obviously not listening to, to a reading or understanding, you know, situations or, you know, or, or capitalism. You're not, you're not, under, you're not understanding how Marxism works or never read Marxism. Then why am I even talking to you? You know what I'm saying? Why am I wasting that time? And this is why I don't really like, I don't bother online. Just if people come up at me aggressive, I just block you know, even though we sound, <laughs> I've even blocked people that I get along with. So I don't care. You know, it's just like, hey man, don't call me crazy. You know, it's to me, it's not that it's not like super serious. It is serious because we're talking about liberation. We're talking about politics. You know, but at the same time, like some people just they they live digitally, and that's a problem, right? And they don't they don't know how to have real. I think our whose society has lost here in the U.S. has lost how to have interactions like in person, you know? So yeah, maybe we should get into the topics. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. I mean, so the first one you put down was, uh, that was just talking about toxic behaviors in general, but like you put bad faith conversations and I think that's an important one too, because like you, you'd never really know sometimes. I mean, you sort of can tell uh, if you're kind of savvy with the internet lingo and stuff, but it can be difficult to know if you're having a conversation that is only taking place or that somebody can try to get some dirt on you to try and get you to say something that they can screenshot and like, you know, try to cause a, just cause some drama and try to, I don't know, for whatever they want to do. Um, if they have some nefarious purpose, I, I, I know my solution to this is just only type things that I would be fine with everyone seeing. And that's why, like, I know you guys are saying that you get pretty aggressive online. My approach tends to be passive aggressive. Um, and very snarky and it's like i'm not like that in real life like at, at worst i will be like mildly passive aggressive but i really don't like to be that quite as toxic in real life as i am online because i, I will admit that yeah anybody who's seen me argue with people i mean first of all you can't do emojis in real life <laughs> like i don't make i don't make a fucking uh i don't know kissy cry like a uh, cry laugh emoji in real life if i'm arguing with someone I, I don't know what you guys do but like that's uh that's definitely an element that you can Take advantage of online. Uh, take advantage of online that I highly recommend because I don't know. I also just find the passive aggressive thing works very well, and it gets the people who you don't want around to just leave you alone, and then people who have a yeah. good sense of humor will stick around, which is what I want. Like I want people who have a good sense of humor about most things, but most importantly themselves, and people who are having conversations in good faith and can be swayed. And I think that like being aggressive that can just keep going and going until you get some kind of boomer who is like making fucking death threats at you, which I've had as well. And I still treat that guy mm. with fucking, uh, with passive aggression. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's some fucking dude that, uh, a proletarist, ha- proletarist, which is another great page on Instagram. He has encountered this dude and he's a fucking nut job. But yeah, I mean, that's the least of like bad faith conversations. What do you, so what do you got, Rick? Cause I know you have a few in mind, some recent episodes that we could get into if you, if you want to. No, I think bad with bad faith conversations, we have to talk about how it's offline and online. Mm-hmm. So if it was in person, offline, right? Obviously, if you if you know if you're trying to build a relationship with somebody or a friendship, or whatever, or some kind of working relationship, like if somebody finds out, they're you know 
they're you're having a bad face conversation with them, they're obviously not going to come around you, mm-hmm. right? So you don't don't expect the same thing when you do it online, right? Um, I think one of the first times I started when I started the podcast, um, a, a bad face conversation was. I was going to, I was interacting with the Chicana professor for like a good year. You know, we would text each other. Like she would ask me like, hey, you know, like, what what do you think about this? Or do you have any articles about that? And I would send, I'll send resources. I will send new stuff that I, you know, and um, eventually somebody, somebody, a random fan was so random. was like, I think this person is talking about you. And they send me to a page, a really random page on, on Instagram. And, and they were like, look at this post. And under that post, they're talking about you. And I, and I saw it, right? And I was just like, and that person was like, come help me. Uh, somebody help me, you know, uh, uh, with talking points. Because this guy is a fucking gatekeeper. This guy's blah, blah, blah. You know? And I was just like, dude, like, I've been giving this person, like, like you, she knew my number, right? my personal yeah. number. And, you know, like this person, obviously, like I'm giving her, you know, all these things to, to help them understand about indigenous sovereignty, about decolonization, about anything. Right. Um, and they're over here talking shit. You know, I was just like, this is bad face conversation. And in the moment I, I confronted, I confronted this person in a very, you know, relaxed type of way you know they they were they got really aggressive and i was just like what's the point why you spend a whole almost one year you know uh doing these things pretending to be cool with me for what so you can dig some things up so you can you know i don't know it's weird to me this is odd behavior i mean like would you do this in person would you do this in person i wouldn't it takes too much too, too much of my time you know, like, you know, sitting down with somebody at, at a fucking Starbucks or something, you know, going out to eat, eat with them, going on hiking with them to do, you know, to get to know them. It's almost the same shit, like texting somebody, always like keeping in touch. And for what? For dirt? Like, to me, it's really corny behavior. Like, yeah, you can do better things, you know, or, or maybe get to know the person better, you know, that rather than this fucking garbage that you're you're trying to do. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the best things would be just the fact that you could tell if somebody's a robot or not in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I I think for me, you know, going back to your original point, where like sometimes people are fishing for uh, reasons to attack you or to you know publicly lambast you. I I've found that. Um, it's much easier to just be unapologetically yourself. Like I, I admit every mistake that I ever made. I'm not, I don't, I don't hide from anything I've ever done. You know, I don't, uh, I don't hide any of my opinions. You know, I'm not, not secretly reactionary about X, Y, or Z thing. You know, I'm very open with anybody who wants to know whatever can know my position because if if they don't those positions if they're wrong can't be critiqued if nobody knows them and if they can't be critiqued they can't be corrected so that that's another thing you know it's how comfortable are you with being yourself um publicly 
uh, at the same time as maintaining some level of obviously personal security about your individual self. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a balancing act. Um, but to me, it just seems easier if you just you know tell people who you are, what you're about. That's kind of our job as Marxists. You can't sell the, the you know the working class and the sort of revolutionary masses uh, you know a lie or a half truth because when they find out that it's a lie or a half truth, that's when there's a counter revolution. <laughs> so just sort of bring it to you know our uh, arena of thinking. Yeah, yeah, I could go for off for like a half an hour on why we don't have to deny that we're communists or Marxists, but everyone on any spectrum of the right has to constantly say that they're not a fascist. And it's just uh, it's very curious to me. I wonder why that is all the fucking time. But uh, <laughs> did you have something? Oh, hey, Jamie, what's going on? <laughs> Jamie just jumped in and then muted herself. Yeah. Uh, I think the next topic uh, is trolls and burner accounts. Um, and that one... You know, back so this is so so burner accounts are weird because the most you can do back in the day, uh, I mean, in early, late nineties, early two thousand, it was star six seven somebody, and they wouldn't know that was you calling them, right? And it, your number was on private or yeah. whatever. <laughs> so that was like the most like burner shit you can do back in the day. But now, young to even have any drama, like I was such a fucking dork, like I didn't even have like relationships that even bother having that kind of drama, so I never had to actually do that, but. Yeah, I remember people like who were cooler than me having to like do that to like, yeah, because they had drama in their lives. What's up, Jamie? Yeah, how's it going? It's going all right. I just saw y'all in here on this topic, and I wanted to kind of sit in and listen. I have a work meeting, and then I'm I've promised my community to stream, so nice. I just wanted to hop in for the short time that I had. Cool, especially because I've I've been around a lot of organizing. Um, and I may or may not have been involved in using burner accounts to release elected officials information on Twitter. Mm. Not saying that I did, probably <laughs> didn't, most likely didn't. Um, and it's extremely effective. Um, if you're gonna agitate, the number one place you can agitate someone's their front fucking yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works, that does work. Rick, did you have something before I had uh, gone off on a tangent about uh, not being cool enough to star six seven anyone? Yeah, I mean, not being. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know, um, I think it's, I think it's different from like you know what Jamie's saying compared to like people that make burner accounts just to harass, right? Just to harass a random motherfuckers on the internet, and it's just like this is like really weird behavior. You know, it's almost just like uh. Is is the ah uh, man like trolls like back in the day, it trolling somebody was hard because if you were if you were you know being a dick to somebody being a jerk you would park your ass beat right if you're doing it in person you know or somebody will confront you now people can like go like cowards hide behind their accounts hide behind these burner accounts and just agitate and you know a lot a lot of people that do agitate online. I, I noticed behind burner accounts, for some reason, it's the right wing. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know this. That's true. No, you're totally right. Like um, Kiwi Farms, for example. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. For trans people, that can be, and it's down now for now. I don't know if it's not for good, but um, I would just be like, why did like 20 people just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden just start harassing me in a comment section or something? And it always seemed far too coordinated. And then I started learning that these were like posts on a specific website that's for targeting and harassing trans women. So yeah, I'm super familiar with what you're talking about. And it is usually like that harassment level, at least is more like burner accounts from like the right. But I do occasionally see the left will use it like agitate as an agitation, like sort of like a last call, like last ditch effort. Like we've exhausted every other tactic and it's time to just like start calling you on your personal cell phone. Cause like, for example, our city council um, just had like, you know, racist comments. Like I'm sure there were a lot. I, I'm not involved in any sort of organizing in and around that. Not me for sure. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but um, you know, there's lots of like, campaigns to get that information out there so that those people are uncomfortable because the last thing you want to do is just let a politician whose existence that's making everyone's lives uncomfortable let them remain comfortable so i mean you know i'm on the team that kind of harasses them on the legislation arm of things you know we make sure to follow the official channels or privy to the brown act and following compliance and things but there are certainly arms of um agitation organizing i would say um especially like uh, for example like they were in her front yard the last couple of days like telling her to resign like you know that information's not um necessarily it's technically public domain yeah. but twitter will ban you like twitter will use it as like against their terms and conditions because like they're a private company and they can do whatever they want so yeah um we have like the I two. Hate to pop in and run but i actually gotta go to a work meeting okay well thank you jamie for no worries all right thanks y'all sorry no it's no okay problem. see ya i did think it was funny how we get the two different points of view because like rick you're going through a rough time because people are kind of like trying to fuck with you online and using burner accounts to do so and showing that it can be effective in that way to like really fuck with you and just like you know do a good job of like taking up some time that could be better spent doing other things and here we have jamie who's also organizing in a different way to hold people accountable who need to be held accountable and using some of the same or at least knowing of other people who are using some of the same tactics and so yeah we can appreciate both aspects of it i think that is one of the core aspects of this it. it's like it's a tool like anything else and it should be used for for good for a communal purpose for everyone for the benefit of everyone uh, as opposed to like a negative thing to like fucking target the most marginalized people or to, to like target people who are already yeah like just being oppressed in some way it's like punching down as opposed to like holding people accountable who need that but uh rick i know you had some other points as well yeah i think one time i i somehow some like right wing there was actually a white supremacist group or group of friends or something that found the podcast and i was just like blocking it like every like 10 minutes somebody somebody knew right uh, it was, you know, on the Twitter and on the Instagram. I was just like, I'm done. And I, you know, it got to the point where I thought to myself, is there a block limit <laughs> on these apps? Found it yet? <laughs> because I, I have not, I've not found it yet. Because I, I, I don't play around. Um, I just 
whenever some, somebody says anything remotely racist, racism gets you blocked 100%. Any type of homophobia, transphobia, any type of that shit gets you blocked right away. I mean, you can, you can like, you know, try to push against my stuff against indigenismo in a way or indigeneity to the to a point but then you know but the the racism and the homo and the phobias are just not kicking in with me at all like i don't tolerate that shit you know uh, i think the next one is uh doxing right let's say rick before you move on uh I, I told you before the recording but it is funny like i love to block people i fucking love blocking people i block them all the time and I don't know if you guys like know, but if you look at like a long list of anything, like whether it's your followers or the people that you follow or whatever, it takes a long time for it to like load each screen and everything. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, load all of them, you can scroll back up much faster. And even doing it that way, even going the fast way, it takes me a good six to seven minutes just to scroll through my entire block list, like trying to go fast, like not reading any names, just like swiping. Them That's back. wild. And I honestly think I, my block list might be more than my followers. And I'm fine with that because I fucking hate a lot of people. And there's a lot of fucking racists online and I don't, I don't need them around. Like, fuck those people. But I, yeah, we can, we can go to the, the next topic, which is the more important thing, which is doxing and keeping yourself safe. Because that, that's a huge reason I block a lot of people is because there's a lot of weird people online. There's a lot of obsessive people. And like I was saying that there's a lot of racists and a lot of just reactionaries and right-wingers in general, it tends to be those people who are the most toxic and the most dangerous. Like, it, it doesn't take anything but an objective look at the last few decades in this country to see who is the most dangerous group politically. And it is the far right. It's the white nationalists. This is what they do. They fucking kill people, they commit terrorism, and they blame it on everyone else. They yeah. went to like a broken window in an Antifa or BLM protest and say that this is the most dangerous group in America. And then they go and fucking shoot people. And then they go and shoot up a school. They go and shoot up a public place. They go and hang people. They go and do all kinds of fucking hate crimes and do whatever bullshit they do. They bomb places. They're fucking dangerous people and they need to be fucking dealt with. And like online has given them a huge space to like be secretive and be furtive about all their little plans with each other. And hide everything because that is the nature of reactionaries, right? Like they know that they're wrong and they don't voice their real opinions in real life because they would be held accountable. And that's what they fucking call cancel culture because they know mm -hmm. that they are fucking wrong about shit and that history is leaving them behind and they have a rough time dealing with that. So they retreat online into the little fucking safe spaces and then they accuse everyone else of being snowflakes. But they get dangerous and that's sorry, I'm getting off topic, but they do actually get dangerous and part of that is doxing and you should be aware of that. And I, I say to people, especially in the Discord all the time, I made the mistake of uh, inviting all these like awful people from fucking Zulu server and everything into our server and like doing my best to keep them quarantined and only allow them to view certain channels. But at the end of the day, like any Discord server, even if you have a bunch of fucking hard Marxist vetting questions, if people do a few minutes of Googling, they can get into your server if they just have an invite link. You know, I mean, it's not that hard to get passive vetting. And so I had to advise everyone in the server to basically treat the server like they would treat anywhere else on the internet. Just don't put any of your personal fucking information online. Like that is dangerous just in general because you don't want any of that shit online because it stays up there forever and you don't want people to find you because you just don't know who those people may be. Um, I don't know, I'm sure Rick, you may have encountered some uh, 
scary events or anything, but I mean, did you have some more to say on just keeping yourself safe and some OPSEC kind of stuff? No, yeah. I think that's really important. I think um, doxing somebody is like really nasty shit. Um, and when I started the podcast, I always use my name Rick because Rick's obviously not my real name, right? Um, and I had somebody who later became a stalker um, that I told, hey man, I'm, I use Rick and not my real name because, you know, I've gotten death threats for talking about this stuff. Right. For talking about Chicanismo, you know, Mestizaje. And um, that person was like, okay, I understand. And then when that person, you know, came to bad terms with me, started telling everybody my real name, posting it, having other people post my real name, you know, and, I, and I, I, to me, it, it really made me mad because it's the dirtiest thing you can do. Right. Like knowing that I have gone through a situation where my my face and my address first was posted and people these you know chicanos telling people to like shoot up my house you know i have kids you know and that's my biggest concern and so when you know when somebody purposely maliciously does that i start thinking that they don't even give a shit about my kids mm. right or i start thinking like if something happens to my kids I'm going to go full revenge mode, you know, <laughs> like man on fire, you know, with Denzel Washington. I don't play around, yeah. you know, with that kind of shit. That's the, that, that's the kind of shit that makes people go crazy. So, you know, me use my alias Rick is a way for to separate, you know, the podcast from my real life. And some people want to connect them together to cause me personal uh, harm or personal strife. And, you know, when I see that happening, I start seeing that 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 person, whoever's doing it, is it's, be, it's starting to make it personal. You know, and I'm very old school, and I'm a, I'm a very personal motherfucker, right? I deal with things in person, so like if you want to get personal, let's get personal. With them. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's this scrimy. I wouldn't even do it to Haas. You know, and Haas did it to somebody recently. I think, Victor, you know about this, right? Haas recently, uh, his followers doxed somebody and posted I, a I picture of their house, right? He himself doxed. Um, he was using, uh, he had like three sock accounts that he was using to harass one person who I don't, I no longer associate with over a more personal uh, disagreement in terms of policy. But, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 other than that, I have no issue with this person. But um, uh, still what, you still wouldn't want them to get doxxed, though. You know no, of, of course not. And the fact that that he that he doxxed this person and then tried to get his fan base to go to this man's house and attack him and his children, and of course that this exact same group group of people has also made. Although I I doubt the validity of these threats. But they, also made threats against me and my children although they they seem to not not know how many or or how little um i have um it made fast friends between me and this other person and in a third individual as well that they also um doxed and threatened although they haven't touched me and um it, it seems the the worst that they've been able to do is um where they were able to find a, a dummy number that i use online 
<clears throat> and send a text message to it. <laughs> um, so uh, they at least try. They they try this stuff because uh, that's that's sort of their um, what, what kind of people they are. Now that isn't to say that that uh, you shouldn't gather these people's information um, if you believe that they're a threat to you. Uh, I support your your doing that. You just shouldn't share that information because not only is that um, inviting danger on somebody else that maybe you might feel like you want to, but uh, it might not be in your best interest in the long run. But that's also technically illegal um, to do that. Um, yeah. So I don't recommend that you do that. And and I'm saying that as somebody that does have the information of my enemies uh, on file, but that that file is a hard copy that doesn't exist on the internet and can't be it can't be hacked from my data, and 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 I don't give it out. So, I think uh, we have I, to be we, we have to be really careful about when we organize nowadays. You know, um, you know, compared to back then, because back then obviously there was like people or some kind of like narcs in person in these <laughs> orgs. You know, and when I remember, I remember, I remember back in the day when I was back in my Los Angeles PSL days, like I, they asked for an email and I put like a, an email I don't, I rarely used because I was like, oh, back in the day, I was like, I don't want the government finding me. But realistically, <laughs> realistically, they, they can find you regardless. Right. But mm -hmm. um, now, nowadays, people go to these uh to like rallies or so say hey i'm part of like this so-and-so organization and then they post it everywhere not only that they post pictures of their comrades faces right which i mm -hmm. think is a security fucking risk right uh okay. that's what's dude that, I, i'm just seeing these pictures i'm like oh my god like why are you posting every, everybody's pictures safety other people's safety even though you're not posting their their names, you're still posting their faces. You have mm -hmm. to be careful when you're posting your comrades' faces, man. You know, and this is also one reason why I don't post my picture, my picture or my face on the podcast, you know, because of this this, this reason, you know, or even, you know, unless the, the guest wants me to post um their picture or their handles. Some pe people come on the podcast without the real names as an, with, with an alias, you know, that's a good chunk of people have come on the podcast with an alias, you know, and I, I respect that. I've always asked that, Hey, do you want me to use your real name? Do you have an alias? Do you want you know, tag any, any social medias or not? Because we have to protect people. We're talking about these politics. It's not just, uh, against like regular motherfuckers on the street that we need to be watch out for. It's also the government. Right. It's also watch out, watching out for people's jobs, right, and making sure they're they're fine. But we, you, people have to understand that, like, making sure that you don't post your information and your face everywhere, it's is concerning, right? Um, and you know, and you know, to me, I find that funny because I do have a story, you know, that um. A little bit of like, you know, like we're talking about OPSEC, whatever. I had a dude talking shit about me for like in Texas for like, I was like four or five years when I lived there. And one day I saw this dude, I think I mentioned in the last episode, and this dude constantly was talking shit about me. Like, I was like, I didn't even know this dude. So one day I see him, right? 
And I go up to him like, hey, are you so-and-so? And he was like, yeah. And I said, hey, you know, he was like, do you know me? How do I know you? Whatever. And I was just like, you've been talking shit about me, man. And he was like, do I, how, when, where? I was like, bro, you don't even know who the fuck you're, you're, you don't know who you have in front of you, right? You, you post all your shit all the time, right, on the internet. But you don't know who the fuck I am, but you've been talking shit about me. You, you, you don't have a face, and that's super dangerous. And the same thing when it comes to when you're talking sh shit to somebody online and you're always posting shit about yourself. Man, you don't know there's some crazy motherfuckers out there that can find you. And this is just advice, right? Because the internet is full of crazy people, right? Like, I've, I've gone it's really nasty threats. And this is why I think even with the next topic, which is the topic of, uh, you know, slander, we have to be really careful, right? Um, because you know, I think when people get talk, when they talk about politics, they tend to get real personal, right? And one of these things they do is try to attack the other person's character, right? And um, I when think they, that's a low blow. Go ahead. When they what? can't make a solid argument, when they can't actually defend their shit takes, that's when they go after people personally, usually. Um, I don't know. I mean, I did, while you were just to touch on the previous topic real quick. The fact that people are doxing everybody, like, I know you said that fucking Haas is doing it, like, that's fucked up. Like, as much as I don't like these fucking pat socks and everything, and I fucking can't stand all these racists and turfs, like, I don't want to dox people. I don't want to get people, like, getting death threats to their family and their house. Like, that's fucked up. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. I want people to change their minds. I want people to learn. I want people to stop being shitty people and to have better opinions that, you know, don't infringe on other people's right to just live a peaceful life. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want to avoid. I want people to live together. Um, but again, that just, that just makes perfect sense. That of course, it's like fucking reactionaries, and I'm including Pat Sox in the fucking reactionary category because you guys are right-wing, whether you fucking admit it or not, because of course, that's what right-wingers do not do. It is not in your nature to admit your beliefs. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, of course, it's them that are responsible for this kind of shit because that's fucked up. But yeah, you know, I, the Pat Sox and the, and the MAGA communists, their purpose is to, is to push people to towards their ideology they're trying to herd people right into believing their shit so they have to be aggressive right anybody that has common sense would like any marxist will say hey this is why marxism is good this is blah 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 you know marxists obviously you know agree on, on disagree on tiny minute details by the end of the day you know you know, we can have a civil conversation, but these like MAGA communists or fucking pass socks, whatever the fuck, all these labels they fucking call, have themselves, they have to force you. And it goes back to the beginning of the conversation, which is just like, you can't force everybody to believe the same shit you do, right? But they, these people have to force. This is the only way they, 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 you can function. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is why I think even debating is kind of stupid. You know, there's the difference between debating and having a conversation. I've had conversations with people with people I disagree with on the podcast or on, on other podcasts. And it's fine. Leave it at that. You know, like I'm not going to have them docs. I'm not going to or, you know, anything like that or, or say, hey, man, it's a piece of shit. You know, no, man. Like, I actually think some people that disagree with me are really good people. Right. And I, I would be down to have a drink with them, you know, or to hang out with them. And not talk about the shit that we, that we fucking disagree about. Because there's a lot of people that fucking disagree with me. <laughs> I don't give a shit, you know. And that's the thing when it comes to, you know, um, 
I, th- I, th- I think going back a little bit, I think there's a concept that I call the slippery slope concept, which I've seen it happen. You know, they'll say, hey, Rick's a gatekeeper. Then he goes down the line, get Rick's a gatekeeper and and this. And then go down the line, it's like telephone, Rick's a gatekeeper and this and that. And then he goes down the line, Rick, Rick's a gatekeeper and this and this and that. And he just goes down into like this, this, this persona gets built into like oh breaks a gatekeeper and he's like all the way down to some dumb shit like i heard some crazy shit about myself i'm like that's not even true you know and i'm like bro like did you even talk to me you know did you even do you know who you have to did we have a drink did we go out to eat you know because when everywhere i've lived at i've always invited people over have shared the meal even people i disagreed with you know and this is what they can't say you know they can't disagree with this. I will, you know, I've I've even invited people at in my house, and I talked this on the talked about this on the podcast to to tell people, hey man, like this is our disagreement, we should talk it out, right? And I cook dinner for them and all this other shit, and you know, and then like a week later they're talking shit still. Then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I tried, you know, I tried really, yeah. I really did, you know, and that's on them. That's, that's on them. Actually, if they could come to your house and like eat a meal with you, like that's. Because I, I wonder that all the time. Like, I have not done that. I have not met... The only people that I've talked to as far as, like, political stuff, like, related to Turn Leftist online, I have met one listener, and I met Ward one time in real life. And that's it. And those are people that I'm friendly with. I never went so far as to, like, meet in real life a person that I disagreed with or had some kind of fucking flame war with. Oh, dude. But I have, yeah. but I have kind of wondered if it would be possible to connect with these people on some kind of personal level... And then see if you could go from there and then branch out politically and get them to maybe change their mind when they see that you are a real person and you're not like some kind of fucking boogeyman leftist that they you know are so scared of or whatever. Like, I wonder if it's possible to do that. But to hear you say that you've, you know, probably aligned with these people for the most part and then has some kind of other like sectarian possibly disagreement. And then you even couldn't fix that with like a meal and some good conversation like that. That makes me sad, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because this person, I made them dinner, the whole family, their their kids, you know. And when they left, I gave them one of my paintings, right, for free. I was like, here, it's a gift, you know, and out of goodwill. And I said, you know what, sometimes like, maybe I can come off a little rough, or maybe it sounds like I'm coming off rough online. But, you know, I was like, when we talk in person, like, I'm not rough, right? Like, I'm, I'm just who I am. Right. And this person told me, oh, you know, that's OK. Sometimes the best of friends are the ones that can be the most the most the most blunt with each other, the most honest. I was like, oh, OK, maybe we're going to get to a good start. Maybe this is going to be a good start. You know, a week later, it's just shit talking. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Man. <laughs> I was like, what happened to the complete honesty? <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, some people you can't work with and, you know, you should just step back. And I did. I st- stepped back. And I think, you know, I think this person is doing damage in the community and I've said it, but you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's a lot of people saw it. So it was, you know, whatever, you know, at, at least I tried to have a conversation and some people I meet, you know, you meet up and you say, Hey, let's make an agreement to talk about me. I won't talk about you. And I have done that, you know, in person and it's okay. Don't talk about this person. It's fine. And you know, and that's it. Like, you're not in my mind anymore. It's fine. You know, I wish well for you. Right. And, um, but like going back to the beginning of the episode, I'm not going to try to convince everybody to believe the same shit I do. That's fucking impossible. My thing, this is why on the podcast, Instagram, I have all those resources on the stories 
right? So people can go to the, to the resources, read stuff for themselves and see why native people believe this stuff or that stuff. And I have the share drive. So people can just read a fucking about native issues. Right. Yeah. And I think if you, if you read these things and you still come out stupid, then you're just stupid. Right. Just like capitalist or manga communist or whatever the fuck Pat sucks. Like, I'm sorry. Like, can you change that? No. Like, you know, but you know, it, it doesn't bother me. You're just stupid to me now, you know, and not to be mean or anything, but that's, that's how, you know, that's how I think. So, um, Victor, do you have anything to say or oh, yeah, I do Mike? Want to just step out for a second. He put something in the text chat, but I oh, want okay. to say, um, yeah. Do you think that any reactionaries have actually engaged honestly with indigenous theory, with Marxist theory, or do they any stuff that they criticize? They like, I'm going to, before you even try to answer, the answer is no, like they don't, they only watch their own echo chamber debunks of like our shit. Like they literally make videos where they take a snippet of something that is related to Marxism and they dishonestly cherry pick and debunk that. You know what I mean? And that, that's usually mm. what they do. And that's why it's usually pretty easy to like pick them apart because they're not coming from a place of honest argument. They're coming from bad faith arguments like we talked about earlier. But I also think that like, you know, it, it is weird to me. There is a suspicion. I think it was Victor that said something earlier about like the Facebook algorithms and how they're designed. There is the suspicion and, you know, possibly some validity to it that all of social media was some kind of government psyop to begin with. And this is going back to like what I was saying earlier about how online quote unquote organizing and creating awareness can often pacify people and prevent them from doing something that would be actually effective. You know what I mean? Because just like I say that voting is fucking stupid because it allows you to feel, to feel like you've participated in the system and done your civic duty and influenced politics in some way. Whereas if you didn't have that, you may not be pacified. Maybe you would actually get out in the street and organize and have like some kind of effective movement. Um, I think that uh, that is something that we could consider at least is that th this is all a government psyop to drive opinions and things in a certain way. Because I also noticed that when people do organize things that are somewhat effective online, there's a very swift backlash as opposed to like the things that target, again, the lowest, like the marginalized and the most vulnerable people that is allowed to continue. Like libs of TikTok, totally fine. That will continue. This person will continue to harass trans and, and you know, other marginalized people all day, every day. That just continues. But like as soon as, um, what was it, fucking Wall Street bets organizes a bit and like they actually try to like tank one stock in their favor and try to help the working class out a bit, swift action against that, that gets tanked immediately. Something I've thought about for a long time is that people should organize in a certain way online so that when, you know, just have like a, a forum where people say, look, I'm having X or Y problem with this company today. This company fucked me over. It's very blatant that this company fucked me over and I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. Here is their contact info. And then like 40 or 50 people just spend like an hour or two spamming the customer service and bothering these people. And this one person gets satisfaction because, you know, they had some kind of collective action behind it. But before that even could happen, I know for a fact that that would get shut down quickly. Whereas again, something like Kiwi Farms, like Jamie mentioned, a site that is specifically designed to harass marginalized people with the specific intent that they should kill themselves. Like that is fucking ridiculous that that site, that site, it got shut down, but the fact that it was allowed to continue for years is fucking unreal to me. And that's, I think that that says something to the nature of the internet itself and whether that is just product of capitalism and how capitalism rewards things that are unethical, immoral, fucking damaging to humanity, like anti-fucking human. Capitalism rewards that and allows those to continue, whereas things that are good for people and beneficial to a stable society 
those are nipped in the bud very quickly. Anything that like works out in the working class's favor, those are stomped on. I don't know if you had any uh, responses to any of that, Rick, but yeah, it's something that I think about a lot. Yeah, I noticed that too. I think if we organize in person and like kind of like logged off a little bit, you know, and did this stuff in person, it things will be will move forward a lot better and and, and I would say faster. Right. So we're all like clicking and clacking on, on, our, on the keyboards and online debating about theory, but we're not actually out there doing shit when it comes to a lot of people not doing shit. They're just debating theory. Right. And, you know, this is why I think I keep saying organizing in person is important. Just don't post about it. I don't post about my shit anymore especially since, you know, the last topic is slander. And I had somebody try to slander, slander me last week and then one of their fucking friends was inboxing people, um, you know, DM, private messaging people about me. And I was like, man, if I thought to myself, if, if I posted any orgs that I'm involved with, they would have they fucking messaged them too. And I'm glad I haven't, right? This is why I keep my organizing close to me and a lot of people don't even know who the fuck I am anyways when it comes to the podcast. I don't tell people, tell people hey, my name is Rick. I'm from this podcast, unless I trust you, right? <laughs> so, you know, um, so it's one of those things like I'm like, you know, uh, I think we have to organize in person, don't post it online, be, make sure for other people's safety, right? Uh, their, their faces and their, you know, whatever, you know, what, what's the term you use, OPSEC, right? Yeah. So, and I think you need to, we need to understand that while, you know, we are probably trying to protect ourselves from like random weirdos online, you also are protecting yourself from like intelligence agencies, right? Also, don't bring your personal cell phone to a protest. That, that can be tracked, just saying, right? That's something like, that's like rule number one is like, don't ever bring your, your cell phone to a, a, a a fucking protest. The government will you're track you. 1984 listening device everywhere you go when you're going to do some fucking illegal shit or counterculture, like counter revolution. Like, don't fucking bring that thing. Like, people don't. Do not. They do not make that connection. It's crazy to me. Like, how do you live in this world where you know, just as a matter of course, that your phone is listening to you because you get an advertisement about something that you just talked about five minutes ago for the first fucking time? <laughs> like, people know that. Like, that's just kind of an, kind of an everyday reality for people. And then people are still bringing their phone to protest, whatever. It's like, I get that you probably want to have it in case of an emergency because, yeah, you can get fucking hurt. Um, but just count on somebody else who's dumb enough to bring their phone calling 911, I guess. Yeah. So just be careful about that. I have to go within like 15 minutes. So I want to just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, about... we started at, at like uh, eight or sorry, 727. So we can wrap it up in like five more minutes or we can wrap it up now. Yeah. If you, want, if you have any final points like. I think I said everything that I need to say. I yeah. am suspicious of the nature of, of the internet in general, but like just with everything else, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. QAnon doesn't have to be a conspiracy that was started by the government. It just can be something that evolved naturally in the fucking white nationalist settler colonial project of the United States and took this form because of that. Just like the internet. There's a documentary about that. Do you see the documentary? It's called Q on HBO. I did not see it, but no, I mean, I listened to a bunch of podcasts about it and they did also talk about it as well. And uh, I, I think I'm fairly familiar with just like QAnon in general to like get an idea of it. And I still think it probably was like a CIA op to start with. But like, again, like I, that's kind of what I think about 
the internet, it may have been like a government op, but even if it wasn't, even if it was just businesses that did it out of their own interest, it's still, it's not a surprise that it turned out to be a fucking far right shithole the way it is now. And mostly used to like sell you shit because that, because this is America. But I don't know if you have any like final points and stuff you want to say about it, Rick. No, I mean, I think people, you know, we're never, I, I don't think we're ever going to go back to the times before the internet. And it's scary because I, I'm, I'm trying to raise my kids, you know, you know, in a way where they're, they're not going to be, have to be dependent. Like, you know, cause I see some, the younger generation that never knew their life before the, before the internet. And this, to me, it's just like, what's going on? You know, what's like, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it's a conversation I have, I had with my spouse about this, about how to raise our kids and to be, to be known, not to get catfished, not to get scammed, you know, not be fished, you know, and not to be dogs and safety, you know, so. And not to let uh, people say affect you in some emotional way that you're going to hurt yourself or like, you know, really just let it damage you psychologically because that is a thing that like yeah it just definitely is going to affect kids that hopefully yeah as, as adults are strong enough to avoid but like yeah that's that's fucked up i think people should like really log off not log off like like literally log off but you know sometimes um you know just put the phone aside when i went to law school i i felt like it was that's that's when i really really noticed it you know and i had uh i had you know my social medias and I had to put my phone, turn it off and put it in another room to focus on reading, mm-hmm. you know, because I noticed if I had my phone next to me and Facebook always like dings, it's like ding notification is something really fucking stupid too. Right. And cause that's, that's, that's the purpose. They want you, they want you to be on the app, Instagram too, you know, to have all these apps, you know, so those always dinging, you know, um, and I, you know, this is why now, even now, like when I, we have dinner for the family, no phone. When we go out, we have like family time, no phone, right? We have a phone, but it's on silent or on vibrate only for phone calls, you know? And I, I try to designate time, you know, where we have no phone or no internet so we can focus on personal interactions or even when I visit friends in person that I really like, that's really that's another rule. I, I always recommend putting your phone away, dude. Right. So, you know, spend time with your friends without checking your goddamn social medias. When you organize, <laughs> don't bring your phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you don't know who, you know, who, what the fuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard because, you know, we, you know, like we, sometimes we need the phone. Sometimes we need the phone for GPS or whatever. But, you know, just be be cautious for your your friends, your comrades, their safety, not just yours. And don't be a dick online, dude. Like, if I, I honestly think if you if you really. I mean, it, the, the world would be so different. If people just sat down. And I think I've been doing that shit, sitting down with people. Um, and. And I'm going, going to continue to do that with people that disagree with me. I'm not talking about like white nationalists because that's fucking stupid. I'm talking yeah. about like people that, um, that you know, they have small disagreements with me about you know, you know, uh, mestizaje or indigeneity. It's fine, but you know, at the same time, I, I'm also very reluctant, reluctant about um, these people having bad face conversations. Back to the you know beginning of this conversation, that so I am always cautious. Right. Yeah, I will have a sit down with you, but I'm going to be cautious. Right. I'm always meeting somebody in a public place because I don't know motherfuckers. Right. 
or if I if I touch patients, I don't know them, you know, or you know, if I, you know, I'll bring a, bring a friend with me, you know, to to make sure that I'm I'm safe. Always bring a friend, right? Um, you know, you know, I think you know, or you can zoom, or you, you can even like zoom with somebody, talk to them, or Discord, or whatever. But I think uh, I I do I do miss the time before the internet. I mean, it was very personal. Um, even even just communication with your personal friends and family. It wasn't personal. Now it's like, oh, I saw a picture of your kids. You know, they'll say like, oh, I saw your, they see all my kids, you know, or people, even, even tribal members to be like, oh, you know, I, I recognized, you know, you because I don't post that many pictures on my personal Facebook, my personal social medias. So people come up to me, and this is why I actually stopped posting pictures of my kids too, on my personals, because somebody came up to me I was thinking I went, I went, you know, to visit family and went to a, a community event. And it was like, somebody was like, oh, I you must be Rick because I recognize you because you're kids. And I was like, oh, this, you know, I got to stop posting pictures of my kids then. Yeah. Right. But it was a good way. It was a good way. It was like, oh, how you doing? Oh. You know, I mean, mean to talk to you, you know. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, but I was just like, you know, I was like, I need to be really careful about that. And um, so, yeah, man, you see, I think we have to realize how the internet is affecting you, how it's affecting others. And, you know, don't, when we, when it comes to politics, you know, being online doesn't mean shit. Go, go fucking organize in person. So Victor, do you have anything? Yeah. I just wanted to sort of harken back to something that you said at the very beginning, you know, and uh, you had mentioned that, that when we were kids, it was, it was customary to just, walk to your friend's house or ride your bike to their house and just beat on their door and then ask their parents if they could come outside to play. And and I, I miss, I miss the innocence of, of that time period. And I, and I can sort of remember, <clears throat> I think for you, you, you know, cause you're a little bit older than I am, but I can remember around the time that I was 10 or 11, or 12, where that became not okay anymore. And people wanted to call on the phone. Like, so you'd have to call from your house phone to their at their house phone and then ask if they were allowed to come outside and then you could show up to their house. Like, and just the sort of strangeness of that very rapid, um, change in how things were done. And then again, you know, it, it happening again, you know, towards my late teens, early twenties with, you know, now everybody wants, a cell phone call or a text message. So I, you know, we all have the, um, we've all been blessed with the opportunity to go through all of these stages to sort of experience this, this rapid change and, and sort of how people socialize. And I think it, it gives us a different perspective that's maybe, you know, I mean, it's not worth that much, but it's, I think it's worth some, you know, to sort of consider and think about. Um, and, uh, and I, and I think, you know, the, in line with the things that were said here is like, it, it shows that as those changed throughout time, so did how people interact and how people who had conflict with each other interacted, you know, it was not uncommon for, kids to get in fights in the 90s when i was a kid you know in the neighborhood 
over extremely stupid shit. And yeah. <laughs> now it's, you know, they're, they're going to make up complete and total bullshit lies about something that you said, even though you didn't say it. And they'll admit that you didn't yeah. say it in, in the call out post, you know. Um, so. Yeah, things, I don't know what things the uh, coincidence is, but there was a simpler world both before the internet and 9-11, and those kind of happened around the same time. It seemed like the internet took that's off quickly after, and I think that may just be coincidental, but it is a weird way that I associate that previous time period in my life was before the internet and 9-11, and then after that. It's also like right when I graduated high school as well, so it's like it's all just mentally. So you're I do want to... I do want to point something out. It's not political. We've been talking about the. I don't want to get into this. I, this is a little. little yeah, we are trying here. to wrap up. But that, that yeah. So I do want to say, yeah, that this is just the political side of, of the internet. When I talk to my friends about their, you know, women, they're single, dating on the internet now, Ooh, it's just yeah, scary yeah. shit in the world. That's dick pics did not exist before the internet. <laughs> just say, I I'm shocked when I learned about that. I was like, oh my god, guys are doing what? But I think even that, I was like, the behaviors change in that in that way. It's a very disgusting way, right? Um, but I think, yeah, man, I think people need to chill the fuck out, you know? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> that's no joke. Just chill. Just chill. <laughs> yeah, man. Nobody wants to see that shit. But you know, I think, yeah. But I think people, yeah, that's the best advice right there to end it. Just chill the fuck out. Cool. I, I think right. I think there's there's sort of a two sides to that. Of course, there's the one person that's obviously engaging in what will probably likely in the future be a blatant sex crime. Uh, and then there's also the person that just assumes because they have a platform, they're correct. Exactly. Uh, uh, that's, that's a big problem. I I'm noticing that a lot. A oh, lot. I've noticed this. Yeah. For a while now. Yes. Even I say it like, if I'm wrong, tell me, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'll come on the, come on the podcast. Mike does it a lot. Um, they have people that disagree with them and they have conversations. I, my D-Commerce Buffalo is open for that, you know? Mm. Um, so, I mean, Haas didn't take it. He didn't bite. It's neither than Hinkle, neither than Caleb, you know? Well, so okay. compared to them, <laughs> you weren't, you weren't the one that was in the wrong. So, <laughs> but, no. um, yeah, I, I say the same thing. Like if, uh, I'm I'm open to criticism as long as it's legitimate criticism and as long as it's uh, coming from a place of you know sort of a comradely love. That's the way I like. I prefer to criticize others. You know, I, I've I've mentioned that to people in conversations and they didn't learn from it. You know, where I no. say, well, you know, I don't I don't agree with what you how how you feel about things, and you know. I agree with this other person who who you're having a problem with, and maybe you should consider some of that. And instead, they didn't. <laughs> so, you know, you you can only um you could reach out an olive branch, but you can't can't you can't force somebody to grab it. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that seems to be like two sides of the same coin. And in fact, sometimes that that's it's on the same side of the coin in in a person. Like, I don't know, are we mentioning names? No, we're not. We're not mentioning the names. I think we're going to wrap it up. No, no names. Oh, yeah. How do you want to get into that? But, there, but yeah. there, there, there are people out there who, who have engaged in weird sex stuff and assume because they have a large platform that they are incapable of being incorrect. So, you want Malpin? 
Okay, not no, that mop. But, okay, I was like, what the fuck? Bigger than mop. Bigger than mop and. Oh, I don't know. Of, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about at all. No. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So, and when you have those two things together, that's exceptionally dangerous. You know, it, hubris yeah, is already. And then when you include hubris and sort of this, this arrogance and and sort of inability to control one's sexual impulses, you're dealing with a whole different beast. You know, um, a very dangerous individual. It's just a matter of time, really. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, these these are all sort of, uh, all, all these behaviors sort of, they all originate in the same place. They, they all sort of originate in the ego and the, the, the hubris, the assumption of, of infallibility. Um, very American uh, cultural standards or, or cultural uh, things. Yeah. So. All right, well, let's wrap it yes. up. I know Rick has to go. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. Yeah. We'll, uh, I'll put anything in the show notes. Take it easy, gentlemen. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.